There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Can't explain how this podcast is making me feel. This cruising overdrive and tides behind the steering wheel. Because these movies are obscene But I can't stop it from turning in I believe in romance in the pod With the host Finch, Mikey and Todd There's a chance they can make it now But only if you subscribe to the show I believe in romance in the pod Hey love while you're at it, how about writing us a five-star review? Maybe if you're lucky, Mike, you'll take one of you to Pound Town. Or at least read it on the podcast. This movie is fucking nuts. And nothing <laughs> nothing happens either. Like, nothing, nothing. happens in this nothing. movie. Open us up. I'm ready. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Mikey made us watch... The, the age, age of, of Adeline. Adeline. Is it Adeline or Adeline? We got to settle this right now. Well, it depends on what time period she's in. <laughs> it's Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paige, before we get started, do you want to make an yeah. announcement? <laughs> yeah, uh, before we get into it, because uh, my voice does not sound great right now and will potentially sound worse as we go along or better. Who knows? It's Who knows? We're going to roll the dice and figure it out. <laughs> it's magic. Who knows? I sound terrible because I have COVID-19. Yeah, specifically the Delta variant, right? I have the Delta variant because I am fully vaccinated. Yeah. Paige went out and she caught that D. I caught that dink. It's very, very brave of you to share with everybody. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, I want to, A, encourage people to get vaccinated if you still haven't. Because, by the way, it's free. Just do it. Um, but also, I started showing symptoms about four days ago and I already feel mostly back to normal. I just sound terrible. I sound way worse than I feel. So, you know, that vaccination helps. I didn't have to go to a doctor. I just kind of wrote it out at home with Mucinex and old episodes of British Bake Off. Oh, those are like 
seriously my two favorite cures for anything that ails me (laughs) (laughs) yeah but also so here's the thing i didn't find out i was exposed until about four or five days after i was exposed and you don't get symptoms right away yeah so i ended up potentially putting jake and my parents in danger because i didn't know i had it Mm. and thankfully all three of them have tested negative and also thankfully i was mostly just staying home anyway but you might not know that you have it. So if you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated because people might unknowingly be near you and infect you. And then you could end up in the hospital instead of home watching British Bake Off. And or you might be walking around just straight up killing people. You could just be killing people. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, uh, everyone I got it with because the group that I got it with did some intense contact tracing, uh, which is how I found out that I likely got it from a celebrity. Very fun. But Ooh, I knew you were a star chaser. What up? What up? He was very nice and texted me to see how I was feeling today. I'm feeling much better. Thank you. That is super nice of him. (laughs) It was very nice of him. Everyone else who caught it at the same time as us, all vaccinated. Literally all breakthrough cases. All it takes is one person who's carrying it and not vaccinated to literally crash a whole group of people. For a week. For a week. But I mean, at the end of the day, you you got Keanu Reeves to text you, so that's cool. (laughs) Oh, it was not. It it was. uh, Steven Dwarf. (laughs) I like that that's that's the jump you made. Here's what I would like to say. The person was not Keanu Reeves level famous, but more famous than Steven Dwarf, I would say. It was Tom Atkins. (laughs) <laughs> no if tom atkins texted me i would be posting that on, on everything <laughs> he's like this is not going to thrill me hang on is tom atkins on cameo we gotta figure this out before we jump into all of that though we probably should jump into this bonkers movie that mikey made us watch yes yes welcome to another edition of <laughs> mikey's bonkers time travel romance summer there's no time travel i know i'm movie. here for that summer theme but there's no time travel in this movie Outside of the fact that we are all just time travelers that are locked in our corporeal bodies. It fits the theme. It does not fit the theme, Mikey. I am willing to have this argument. She fucks her boyfriend's father as a when he was younger, and that is a time travel plot device. <laughs> you know what? Okay, this movie is objectively terrible. I hate it from top to bottom. But I'll say this. The one thing I actually sort of liked is how Harrison Ford, like, responds. Like, he's way over the top with, like, oh, my God, you look just like her. But then when he finds out that it actually is her, he's not like, I love you, let's be together. Even weirder than that, he's like, (laughs) continue fucking my son. I hated this movie so much. Make sure you do that thing with your back. Yeah, he says, I want you to fuck my son. Don't fuck over my son. Yeah. But anyway, she's kind of immortal, so I counted it as a time travel movie. It's not that she's kind of immortal, Mikey. She is immortal. Well, I don't know if you've ever been struck by lightning in a car wreck underwater, but that's how you become immortal. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We can't even get into this yet because I have to give my overall thoughts on the damn movie, but when we get to that fucking car... Lightning bolt, time travel, nonsense. I have some thoughts. All I can think about is how it sounds like Paige is 
fully weeping right now because her voice is so messed up. <laughs> People who don't uh, have the context are going to be like, oh my God, she's really passionate about this. I will say, I thought it was decently shot. Nope. But terribly acted. Yep. Terrible sound design. Yep. Terrible writing. Yep. Terrible plot devices. Yep. A weird narrator. And that was the time that Mikey realized that the narration <laughs> in this movie was terrible and are fully just telling us things they really could just be showing us. So <laughs> like there's never one piece of narration that actually needs to be there for any reason. But also the narrator is not a character in the movie. No. It's just a disembodied voice from nowhere. It's God. God smited her <laughs> to immortality. If it's God, it has to be Morgan Freeman. And honestly, I'd probably forgive it <laughs> if it was like, what you didn't know is that she <laughs> got busy living a long time. As the lightning bolt struck her vehicle, she entered into a state of the firmament previously unknown by humankind. Is this objectively the worst Harrison Ford movie? No, there's got to be a worse Harrison Ford movie, but this bombed about as bad as one of his planes hitting the ground. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's just trying to become immortal. <laughs> He's like... I saw that lightning bolt movie. Let's try this shit out. This movie, a few things. One, is paced so badly. This is probably one of the worst paced films we've ever seen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Agree. This movie should be 20 minutes long, and it is two hours long. And I timed it. The exposition of this movie, the initial narration, 17 minutes long. I honestly, it was so long, I thought it was going to go on the entire movie page. Me too. And I was like, when are we going to meet who this narrator is? Oh, fucking never. <laughs> Counterpoint, foreplay is important. Honestly, 17 minutes, Mikey? That's a whole episode of like a 90s sitcom. I am a giver. <laughs> you just call me Harrison Ford's son because I make very bad jokes. I have notes about that joke. I, I've got some weird fun facts. Another overall thing is they have no, the leads have no chemistry at no. all. Well, he, cause, cause he's a fucking stalker. And none of the things they say to each other are cute or nope, romantic or sexy. And she talks in that transatlantic accent, and I was like, I hate this. Oh, yeah, she talks like she's in a movie in the 1930s. Yes. She's, she's like, like, it's nice to meet you, see? Are you going to the second floor? Hey. <laughs> Why don't you come upstairs and see me up there sometime? You're just like, what? <laughs> so I've never seen Blake Lively in a movie other than the movie Accepted, which, I mean, she's not really asked to do a whole lot in that movie. Oh, but she's in The Town. Is it The Town or The Departed? It's, it's the, the Town, town. Right? Yeah, it is The Town, because she's not in The Departed, because I've seen that. I haven't seen The Town. She's good in The Town. You've not seen The Town? No, I haven't seen The Town. But my question was, is she a terrible actress? Because no. she's bad no. in this. No, 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 no. She's been in, good, in some things. But this movie is another movie where they like, it's like Time Traveler's Wife. They're like, this is terrible. We got to put some names in this. Well, okay. So here's the thing about Blake Lively. She can be incredibly good because she is phenomenal in the town. She's okay. so good in the town. Okay. But I would say 90% of the time, nah. Fair enough. Okay. She's like Hayden Christensen where every once in a while they make that like uh, Stephen Glass movie and then like the rest of the time they're making Star Wars movies that suck. So... They have their moments, yeah. That's fair. All right, so maybe we should just get into this movie so we can talk about it scene by scene, but this is a terrible movie. Yes, okay, so we open with real strange narration that's telling us everything that's happening on the screen. Yeah, I thought it was closed caption. 
It might as well have been closed captioning for the people who could also still hear, but the first 17 minutes of this movie are as if this was a movie made for blind people and someone was describing everything on the screen to them. Yeah. It is the very definition of tell, don't show. Don't show. Honestly, this movie just tells and shows and you're like, it's almost like it's condescending to you because you're like, yeah, I know I'm watching it. Show and tell is the, the... the common vernacular. Yes. Yeah, Todd. Yeah, but for filmmaking, it's show, don't tell. It's show, don't tell. Yeah. No, but you said tell and show, but show and tell is really the- Whatever. The, the I mean, this is not Silver Tide's only and best rock album of all time, but yeah, <laughs> I do not like when movies do this at all. It's patronizing and it's annoying. It literally has a car and it's like, look at the car going down the road. It's a, a taxi cab traveled through San Francisco from Chinatown to Marin, which by the way, Marin is a different city. It is not San Francisco. Yeah, you got to take that PCH. Oh my God, you at least said it right. And yeah, you, you, could, uh, yes. you could take the PCH you to San could. Francisco depending upon where you started from. So yeah, I mean, Mikey, you sort of backed into a win there. I mean, <laughs> just like life. But this movie, not only is it show and telling, which is terrible, it's condescending to everyone. Mostly it's female characters through the entire movie. I don't know if you know, but we have a female character who has proven herself to be objectively a know-it-all and people are still like, here's how to play Trivial Pursuit. It's like, bitch, she's been alive for a hundred years. <laughs> like, she knows. She yeah. understands how to play Trivial Pursuit. Well, that's why the narrator just mansplains everything. God, I hate this movie so much. So, <laughs> through the lens of mansplaining, like, that makes me hate this movie even more <laughs> because yeah. it is like we're watching Adeline do the things and then the narrator's like all right so what she's doing here for those of you who don't understand what's happening on the screen and it is infuriating i watched this movie with alexa and we got done and she was like that is the worst rom-com i have ever seen (laughs) well it's not a rom-com it is supposed to be a romantic movie but it's not at all romantic she was like it's the worst romantic movie i've ever seen and i like romantic movies (laughs) same i felt the same way natalie and i were watching it in bed and we were like this is terrible it is anyway so as the narrator tells us she's essentially going to get a new fake id and she buys it from a kid who prints imperfections on the ids and that's how people don't notice and i'm like i wish there was a podcast way to roll my eyes (laughs) (laughs) like a sound i just want like 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 a whistle like like a slide whistle yeah Yeah. what do you guys think about audio emojis they're called audio emojis please i've already patented the word anyway so she goes home she locks she's got like a ton of locks on her door she uh, meets with her doggy Reese and we kind of just get a like a glimpse of her house where there's like a drawing of a guy there's old wedding photos and she's talking to the dog where she's like you are gonna love the new farmhouse your great-great-grandmother was born just a few towns over and I'm like that dog inbred as hell but like I kind of got the impression that it wasn't actually her great-great-granddogger you know I got that impression later when yeah. they got a new dog I was like oh this is a lie for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 they're just the same breed of dog so it's like they're quote-unquote related even though they're not right if i was immortal i don't think i would have dogs or at least i would clone the same dog over and over again because i don't well i mean that wasn't available in the 1930s you have to invent cloning oh i'm sorry she could be immortal and that's fine but like i say clone a dog and you guys are jumping down my throat 
You just see her walking to a lake in a snowstorm <laughs> she with, with like a toaster. <laughs> I've got to make she, this dog immortal. She, she's walking out there with like a meat thermometer, a toaster that's battery powered, and a dog <laughs> in a snowstorm. Wait, hold on. Wait, hold, you got to do it like this. As she walked to the lake with a meat thermometer, a toaster. She would do this for the last time. Fido was in it for the long run. Um, he would never go to the big farm upstate in the sky. <laughs> Wait, that has to be where the immortal dog from the lake the house The right? dog from the lake house. Oh my God, I didn't realize the age of Adeline was a shared universe it's her with the lake experiment. house. <laughs> well, we fucking figured it out guys well done she makes an immortal dog but she's like this dog sheds too much i've just gotta let him go (laughs) run to the lake house pup that's the lake where she did it (laughs) it all makes too much sense honestly and also she breaks the space-time continuum and so that's why the mailbox dick through time yeah sliders <laughs> That's such an episode specific joke that if you haven't heard that, they're gonna be like sliders. Why start about small hamburgers? Anyway. I love tiny burgers. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so I have a bone to pick with the way this movie. Tri- we haven't even got to her immortality. I have but a T Rex a- level skeleton over the museum amount of bones to pick. Yeah. with this movie. Okay, they treat her immortality. As if she's a vampire and has been alive for like 500 years where she can speak a ton of languages. She knows how to do a bunch of different things. She's been all these different places, but also it establishes that she has to work to afford her apartment like a normal person, even though she does invest in Xerox stock, whatever. Yeah, I thought she was rich. Yeah, but she still works, which doesn't make any sense to me. You guys don't understand why I picked this movie. All time travelers work at libraries. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that checks out so far, yeah. But also, she's only, even like by the end of this movie, she's only 107 years old. And that's old for a person, but that's not beyond a person's normal lifetime. And she doesn't have special powers other than she doesn't age. So she technically has the same amount of time as any of us to do all of the other shit that we do. The only difference is she doesn't have kids. So like, this movie posits that if a woman just doesn't have a family that she could literally be one of the smartest women of all time and remember everything that ever happened in history, which is insane. You don't understand, Paige. (laughs) What this movie is saying is that if a woman didn't have what defines a woman the most. Yeah, the movie does kind of argue it. (laughs) Then she too could be like a man. (laughs) I hate everything about that joke, question mark. But also not because she beats Harrison Ford at Trivial Pursuit after he mansplains it to her. Anyway, so she... But okay, but she did most of this before the internet and cable. Which is even crazier because it would take her more time to look stuff up. She has nothing but time, Paige. She's 107, but her body's 29. But that doesn't give her more time, especially not if she's working this whole time. She has the same amount of time. I thought she traveled around. She did travel around. She would travel around every 10 years. That's a plot point. Yeah, but here, I've traveled around. 
I, she has no more time than me, is what I'm arguing. If I lived to 107, we would have had the same amount of time. Yeah, and think how smart you'll be as long as you don't have kids or whatever this movie's <laughs> trying to say that's I insane. She does have kids. She has a daughter. I know, but then she runs out on that daughter when that daughter turns like 20. But yeah, you're allowed to leave your daughter when she's 20. She's an adult. <laughs> but okay, so so think about this. She is, my, my grandmother just passed away at, uh, she was 90. So she at best is only 17 years older than my grandmother. There are people 107 walking around. They present her as a damn near superhero in this movie for the amount of things that she's been able to accomplish in what is a normal lifespan. Little old me play Trivial Pursuit? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's the I'm World's like, Fair 1918. The only advantage <laughs> she has is that she looks young and she doesn't have Alzheimer's. Like, that's her only advantage. Her body doesn't age from getting struck by lightning to the paddles hitting her or whatever. Like, right. it's there in the movie. Her body just does not age. So her brain's not aging. Her organs yeah. aren't aging. So, But, I mean, we do see her get a scar. So, like, she can get hurt. She's not, like, right. uh-huh. uh, you know, immortal in that sense. But sh- she's just not aging. I-, I mean, you're not wrong. This movie is terrible. Page, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I do know that because we talked about this before your grandma passed, but like, your grandma was always talking Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing they act like her knowing four different languages is some insurmountable feat, and I'm like, go to fucking Europe, man. Everyone there knows four different <laughs> Everyone languages. Everyone knows yeah. four different languages. Like, she should not have anything extraordinary about her except that she's already young. Like, that's it. I listened to the narrator, and the narrator told me she knows four languages, which is very uncommon and great for a woman. Oh, God. <laughs> Why was it narrated by a Ouija board Confederate general? <laughs> Confederate Ouija general was the narrator. That's why he's so sexist. <laughs> also, do you think she can catch STDs? Yes. Forever? Actually, I don't know. That's a very good question. Because she got it. I mean, like, she can get it. Anyway, okay, so she goes to work at the Civic Archives for San Francisco. Dressed as someone from the 1940s. Yeah. That's the other thing. She keeps constantly being like, yeah, young Bing Crosby once told me that. I mean, someone who looked like him. And then she, like, pauses and looks at people as if she's just waiting for the other person to be like, wait a second, are you from the past? Like, that's not a thing people would ask. Me from the past? Me? Why would make you think that? See? Uh-huh. Such a preposterous thing for you to assume. It's like someone who has like a very like eccentric mustache twirling their mustache and then asking questions to try and get you to ask them about their mustache. Like, nobody cares. Stop doing this. This is not how you get attention, Adeline. This is exactly like the worst screenplay pitch I ever heard in film school where a woman had written a pilot where a comic from the 1940s had come to life and the guy who drew the comic was always having to like hide her and I was like here's the problem I don't know why he's hiding her because no one on the street is going to be like hey you look familiar did we go to the same high school. No, wait, are you that comic who came to life? Because <laughs> that's an insane thing to think. Who would ever, who would ever be like, you must be a comic who's come to life? <laughs> like, that's bonkers. Well, Harrison Ford sees her scar on her hand and immediately thinks it's like the real Adeline and not, oh, that's weird that you have the same scar your mom had. Yeah. 
and doesn't just like ask her how she got the scar. Yeah. I just felt okay. We gotta. We can get there. I had. I had a. I had a lot of great we'll table, thoughts let's about table, it. table a table a table a table it. Okay, oh. so she takes a taxi from Chinatown to Market Street, and we only knew that because we saw her doing it, and then a very condescending Confederate general told us. <laughs> also told us about it. But here's my and as someone who grew up in the Bay Area. Why didn't she just take Bart? You could easily take Bart from Chinatown to market and it would just take like 20 minutes max. So I have a question for, I don't know, the 95% of us that don't know what Bart is. What's Bart? <laughs> uh, Bay, Bay Area Rapid Transit is a train system. We have a subway. I have another answer. Oh, she grew up okay. in the 30s and she's probably super racist. <laughs> I mean, very possibly. Oh, man, that's a thing we didn't tackle in this movie, but would probably need to. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, but the reason I ask is, so if she's taking taxi cabs every day, cabs are so fucking expensive in the city that like, and, and the BART ride would cost her like $2, but that cab ride is going to cost her like 20 bucks. So like, she's just burning money. I, I, <laughs> I think she's mega rich and she only works to not be bored. Yeah. I think she's rich as fuck too. Like she invested in Xerox before they were called Xerox. So yeah, she's got money. And also- I mean, she's been able to build up generational wealth for herself. I mean, the only way that this kind of works, and this is, again, my problem with her only being 107. Yes, the Xerox thing would have given her tons of money. Absolutely, she lucks out there. But as far as building generational wealth, she's only got maybe 20 years on everybody else, and she's had to be on the run all her life. So that significantly limits the wealth that she can continue to generate because she has to constantly move the money. I agree, Paige. I think she should have been like, 300 years old they i was like give me a vampire ass level like when i watch true blood like eric and pam own fantasia but they've been together for like 500 years that's enough time to amass some serious fucking oh wealth. hell yeah that's like fuck you money wealth that's fuck you money wealth and this movie really kind of portrays it as if she has fuck you money but she has not had much longer than a normal lifespan to accrue it and she has had to be on the run the whole time well you didn't see that her last identity before Ginny was Bernie Madoff <laughs> Bernie was actually short for Bernadette <laughs> uh, invest your money with me see see Anyway, so she comes into work and they're like, hey, it's New Year's Eve. We didn't think you were coming in. And she's like, no, I, I of course, it's a Wednesday. Of course, I'll come in. And they're like, well, we're going to digitize these newsreel archives. We figured you'd watch them. And she's like, sure. So she goes through the first newsreel archive, which is two years before she was born. Can I just say this really quick? Because I didn't hate anything in the movie as much as I hated this. Because this wow. is terrible from a filmmaking standpoint. Because what she's looking at are like old archival footage. What the right. filmmaker is showing us are scenes from her life. And she's reacting to those flashbacks like she's watching them too. And that drives me crazy because she's not watching like home movies. She's watching something and we're watching something completely different. And she's reacting to what we're seeing. It drove me insane. I was so mad. Right. Because she wouldn't be in every single news story on that reel. She wouldn't like, be in any of them. Probably. She's in one of them specifically. But also, so it starts two years before with the earthquake. Yeah. And then she's the first 
infant born in 1908, which every year they usually do mark whoever's first, although now there's too many people to usually get it accurate. But at the time, there weren't as many people. My mom was born on January 1st, and her first picture ever was in the newspaper because she was the first baby born that year. In their little town. Yeah. But I don't think they do that anymore. But like there's like a news clipping we have, you know, of my mom being born. Yeah. My great, 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 great grandmother died in that earthquake. Oh, shit. Well, that got dark. Um. I didn't even know her. A lot of people died. It's fine. That's probably because she had kids. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. This movie's so misogynistic. It's terrible. I mean, Adeline had kids, too, Mikey. That's true. And then she went on the run. I know she's like I have to leave You're 20 Like it's time to leave the nest Okay Yeah The FBI's hunting me Or I gotta go get cigarettes Or something (laughs) I gotta go get cigarettes With Mothman You understand Um, (laughs) I just love that the FBI Is hunting me Is like the new I gotta go get cigarettes (laughs) (laughs) He was a moth boy She made him a Mothman (laughs) Exactly Anyway She and her family Are walking on the beaches Of It looks like like Point Reyes So they can see where the Golden Gate Bridge is going to be and her hat blows off and one of the engineers picks it up and they get married 87 days later because it's olden days. Yeah, I was so mad about that. I was like, that's less than three months. That's way too fast. People people barely lived 90 days. So. <laughs> she got pregnant. No, because she doesn't have Fleming until three years later, which I... That doesn't... Wait, no, that doesn't check out. I thought he died that year. No, he dies after... Well, I mean, he dies on the Golden Gate Bridge, but also the Golden Gate Bridge took forever. It did. He doesn't die till 1937, which, by the way, so many people died building the Golden Gate Bridge. And many of them were just concreted into the pillars that hold the bridge up. And most of them were workers of color who were never documented and their families just never knew what happened. They just never came home one day. The bridge is built on racism. Yeah. Anyway, so Fleming is already a, a like a toddler when her husband dies because 10 months later, she's driving to see Fleming who's staying with her parents and something weird happened. It snowed in Sonoma County, which be, believe it or not, not as weird as you would think. Yeah, they make it seem like it only happens once every 78 years. I mean, here's the thing. It don't happen often, but every once in a while it happens. And there are parts of Sonoma County that are far enough north that it's more likely to happen than others. But it's not common, but not crazy. Like, I lived in Alameda County, and it snowed a couple times in my childhood. It doesn't stick, but, like, it snows. Like, you can see the air. Yeah, and snow's only one ingredient you need for immortality. Yeah, but you need enough to like make a snowball and it's never that much snow. Yeah. Anyway, so she slides on, I guess the ice. I'm cuz it just starts snowing and then she slides. <laughs> she was so amazed so amazed by it. Like, "Whoa! You know how women be driving?" Yeah, that's what the narrator comes on and says and I was like, "Wow, narrator, that's a, that's a hot take." <laughs> the small brain of the female musculature <laughs> prevented her from steering into the apex of the curve. So <laughs> she, Man, the sexist narrator's terrible. So she crashes through the median or not the median the like guide rail into the water and then this movie does something that drove me insane and they do it multiple times where time traveler's wife spent so little time explaining (laughs) how the time travel worked yeah this movie spends so much fucking time (laughs) 
<laughs> on the science bullshit that makes no fucking sense where it's like she turns into this formation and then her like her median temperature went to 87 degrees and then she was struck by lightning and that jolted her out <laughs> the narrator was like captain picard turning to data to explain what was going on i was like is this your third grade science project <laughs> Her mitochondrial proteins have been shut off because of the snow and ice and the water and the lightning. This is the freeway of the cell. It communicates information from, like, that's what it is. And then at the end, it's like, due to, and it, like, rattles off this thing about DNA that will be discovered in 2035. She'll be immune from the ravages of time, and she will never age another day. And I'm like... What the fuck kind of science Dorian Gray shit is this? (laughs) Although she does age many days before 2035 because it gets reversed and like, when does this movie come out? 2015 or whatever? 2014. Okay. Yeah, although the the story plays as if it's 2015, but I did calculations for 2021 for later. Don't worry about it. Anyway, uh, but yeah. 2035 which i was like so is this narrator an immortal crime dog telling us what's gonna happen later like what's happening he's like when i was at the lake (laughs) but from beneath the swells i looked up through the ice as the toaster hurtled its way through the (laughs) foam towards my head and as i felt the tingles move through my endocrine system i burst forth into a new world amazed at my own creation and I knew that in 2035, I would discover how this bitch hadn't aged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I watched as Keanu put his dick in a mailbox. And yet it still isn't here. USPS, am I right? Uh, US penis. <laughs> how did we not make that joke on the Lake House episode? <laughs> That makes me so mad. With how much I was talking about dicks and mailboxes, we never got to U.S. penis. Fuck. Girl, I want to go postal on that ass. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, girl, you ship with that ass? (laughs) Anyway, so then it continues. The narration still happens. We're still in flashbacks. Time out. Listeners, I know it sounds like we haven't done anything, but it literally is 17 minutes of the movie. We are moving along at a pace. It doesn't sound like it, but you're right. I mean, this movie should be an SNL sketch. This should be the opening credits. Yeah. Uh, spoiler, this movie's going to be like that the whole time. Because <laughs> realistically, not much happens in this movie. Yeah. A dog dies. They go on three dates. She says she loves him. Finds out that she fucked his dad. And then she gets in another car crash. That's it. That's all that happens in this whole movie. Anyway. So the narration continues and it's like she had to basically I don't know why it took her so long to notice, but all of her friends around her age because she like runs into a friend who is clearly like 60 years old. And she's like, Betty, you look fucking terrible. Well, her friend is like, you look amazing. And her daughter's all grown up. Yeah, they look like sisters. They look like they're the same age. Yeah. Yeah. Which like. That happens sometimes, but like her friend is like not taking no for an answer. She's just like, "Uh uh-huh, excuse me? No, but like really. And she's just like face cream from Paris. It's new, but like also 
shut the fuck up. Stop being so nosy. Get away from me. Like, mind your own business. Yeah. So then she gets pulled over for a speeding ticket and they don't believe that she's 45, which, by the way, fuck that officer. For I know, being like, right? You look too good for 45. And also, like, I'm going to keep your license. Bring your birth certificate down to the station to get your driver's license back. Like, that's insane. Which also she does not do. She no. just immediately moves. Yeah, just go up there and be like, I lost my license, and they would give you another one. Yeah, I mean, they were, it literally looked like they were just scribbled on a piece of paper. No, that's what he, it didn't used to be photo ID back in the day. It just yeah. used to be like paper. I could forge that right now. And my secret is the imperfections I draw in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she becomes a cleric at a school of medicine and researches her condition, but was, quote, forced to confront the fact that there's no scientific explanation because it's not 2035 yet. Yep. Anyway, uh, we cut to her being followed down the sidewalk by FBI agents. But think about that, though. Like, so... She's just so hot for a 50-year-old that the FBI is looking into her? Like, that is insane. <laughs> FBI MILF division. <laughs> that just of that, that 30 Rock sketch, the MILF hunter. Come here, bitches! <laughs> oh, with Will Ferrell? Man, yeah. I love that, yeah. But it would be like, they're, they're the cougar squad. Like, on the prowl for hot 40 and 50-year-old women. Because she's like 50 and she just looks good? Yeah, yeah. Cardio, clean living, like, all of that would explain it. But no, she has <laughs> to have some sort of, like, thing that they need to, like, dissect her to figure out what's going on. Like, But they, she does have a thing that they need to dissect her to figure I out what's going on. She's a year-old woman and the fucking fbi is after her but also what is the fbi keeping year by year photos of everyone in america i mean now yes they they are because you're taking selfies on your cell phone back then no i was so mad about this like i just could not stand it i was like oh Paige. You look 25. Thank so you. So I can see you looking 30 when you're 50, you know? Like, right, yeah. You better watch your fucking back because the FBI is going to be looking to cut you up. Wait, okay, here's a question. How old does my mom look? She looks about 40, 45. 40, 45, yeah. Okay, my mom is 60. Oh, fuck, I'm calling the FBI right now. <laughs> I mean, she's in, she's in her early 60s, I should say, because it's... Do you think that she, while it was snowing, got into a car wreck and got struck by lightning? She is from this area, actually. I mean, that does check out. Uh Uh-huh. Do you think she fucked your dad's dad? (laughs) I'm going to have to cut that for sure, right? Like, (laughs) no. Looks like I'm going to be the favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Paige, I'm just saying, if we, she might have fucked your grandpa, is all I'm saying. No, he died before she met my dad, so. That's what they say. (laughs) Anyway, I think my mom just ate fairly healthy and take took really good care of her skin is what happened. Yeah. So we have to call the FBI immediately. Immediately. And I'm doing neither of those things and have COVID-19 and I still look almost 10 years younger than I am. I kind of wish the FBI part was like modern day. So like David Duchovny would like show up and be like X-Files. <laughs> wah, 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 he just holds wah, up that wah, drawing wah. of Bigfoot with tits. It's <laughs> 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 a very specific X-Files reference. Honestly, at this point, they'd be going after Jillian Anderson too because she looks great for her age that woman has not aged a day Paul Rudd oh my god they walk among us 
All we need is a toaster. Right after Clueless, Paul Rudd got into an accident <laughs> in a very cold ice bath with a toaster, and now he's immortal. I like that the federal government is prepared to interview any woman who looks good and is successful and smart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And by FBI, Mikey means Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the federal boob inspector, yes. First question, like, what's your like deal or whatever? <laughs> so, like, what's... Uh, What's going on in your life? Like you like a Sagittarius <laughs> or like a Verbicorn? Yeah. I'm pretty good in bed. You can ask the narrator. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed he was lying, but she would not find out until twenty thirty five. So they put her in the back of a car and drive her out to an airfield and there's no handles on the back door, so she climbs out through the trunk and then runs home on foot. Yeah, barefoot, I think, right? Yep, she leaves her shoes in the car. So, yeah, she runs home barefoot and then immediately leaves, right? She, like, goes on the run? Yeah, and she tells her daughter to say that she went to Europe and never came back, and the next time I see you, I'll have a new identity. I'll always be your mother. You'll just have to introduce me as your friend, yeah. <laughs> which sounds like the beginning of every porno. It's just like, I'll always be your mom, but you should introduce me to your friend. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes on the run. She changes every decade. She never tells anybody until, I guess, it implies that she tells one person over 60 years. But then it says, so in seven weeks when Jennifer Larson, who is her fake identity right now, disappears and Susan, Susan Fleischer, who's her new identity, takes up residence in Oregon, she will have kept her vow for 60 years. And then I just have in my notes, 17 minutes of bizarre exposition for this weirdest shit movie. Yeah. <laughs> to set up the least sexiest run in an elevator I've ever seen. Yeah. And I thought that we were done with the like exposition with the narrator and when it comes nope. back at the end i threw my drink across the room it was a bottle but like i tossed it across the room i was like what is this this is insane you're welcome everyone what's really <laughs> insane is this next set of shots that imply that she has told other people about her condition because so she goes to a new year's eve party with a friend who is older and is wearing the same party dress that she's wearing in the photo that's at the venue, Shining style. Yeah. But so her friend is there and they're talking and her friend is like, yeah, at our age, we got, you know, who knows how long we have left. And I'm like, if you do not know about what is going on in her life, then clearly you are delusional because she looks 30 or whatever but she's also calling her amanda which means that this is like a holdover from her last identity so do you not realize that it's been 20 years and she hasn't aged somebody knows something Paige, she's blind what she, the piano player best friend is blind is that why she reads braille yes yeah. and Paige, <laughs> this is why i'm so mad about this Wait, how did I miss this? I honestly, Paige, I have no idea, but I'm so glad I get to like reveal it to you and see your reaction in real time. It does not hide the fact that she is blind. No. Wait, where does it say it? How did I miss this This completely? is the one thing that they actually <laughs> show don't tell. Because she's like playing piano and shit. Yeah, so was Ray. Like, that happened. And, and Stevie Wonder, I get it, but like... And I guess that would make a little more like now it makes sense that people are excited to see her at a New Year's party because I was just like, what are they just like wandering around a Nordstrom's? What's happening? No, like, but like so she made that piano player friend. 
okay. with her last identity, which means right. a few things. Obviously, that person's blind, so they can't see them, but that piano player would still call Blake Lively's character a completely different name. If anyone ever brings her up, she'd be like, yeah, she's like 85 years old or whatever. Like, all I'm saying is when Blake Lively moves, she's going to have to murder that piano player because she <laughs> simply knows too much. The writing of this scene really pissed me off, too, because her friend is blind and they're sitting at a table and then the main character guy walks up to them and she like stone cold reads him like Sherlock Holmes. When he's walking up to the table, she says bachelor three o'clock, which would imply that her friend would turn to see him, <laughs> which is why I didn't know she was blind. When does it reveal she was blind? She's handing her her drinks. The whole time. Like, yeah, like <laughs> you can tell she's blind. Paige, you have you have COVID. It's fine. You've never made a mistake like this. <laughs> yeah, you clearly have a blind side for blind piano players. This uh, a, blind, <laughs> a blind spot. If that is the case, it is the most subtle thing they did in this movie. It is. It's not that and subtle, not subtle, but it also it is the most subtle thing they did. Oh, my God. First off, yeah, I get it. The narrator did not narrate this part of the movie. I understand that you got lost. Now that I'm thinking about her just kind of staring in one direction, it makes a lot of sense. But then I was like, why tell her three o'clock? Like, why direct where she should be looking? Just so they can look in the direction of the person talking to them, I would think. I, I guess. Okay. Well, they can also like just listen and then turn their head in that direction. Like most people that I know that can't see. Yeah. I'm not going to defend the movie. I mean, I'm not here for that. <laughs> Mikey, look, correct me if I'm wrong. And we didn't talk about this earlier. Had you seen this before? No. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> any of us had. Okay. Okay. And we'll never get the time back. I read about it and I was like, this is what we need. And Mikey, <laughs> you're right. And I'm not mad. Like, I'm glad we're talking about this movie. Oh my God. I can't believe I didn't realize she was blind. Yeah, I can't either. It's pretty obvious. I, now I feel like I have to go back and watch it and be like, how did I miss this? You don't, you don't have to do that. Go back and watch just this one scene because you'll be like, holy shit, how did I miss it? Hold on. I have the timestamp. I'm going to watch it right now. Okay. Oh, my gosh. We're going to get a real life reaction right here, guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I totally missed it. It's <laughs> obviously there. <laughs> yeah, it's a really obvious, Paige. Paige realized what poor perception women have. <laughs> well, no, because now I'm watching it and like the phone conversation where she's like, no, they're sending a car for me. And then as she hangs up the phone, she goes to like... Like she feels around for things on the counter and I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. That's why they're sending a car. That's why she hands her the drink. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, <laughs> that answers my questions, I guess. Cause I was like, why does this bitch know anyway? But she still can't know. It's just so offensive that like, oh, she's blind. She's never going to put together that my fucking name is different. Like it, it's so insane to me that they think that it's okay for her to just like live very openly two lives just because her friend can't see. Well, and we never see this friend again. <laughs> How good of a friend is this that she's kept her through multiple identities and we're just going to see her once? And that friend does not show up at the hospital when she has an accident. No, even though they're in the same city. Yeah. Anyway, so we cut to she steps out to take a phone call and it sounds like she's talking to a, a baby, like a, a little child, but it's her 
daughter who is now a full grown adult and they're going to meet up tomorrow. She's more than that. She's like a grandma. She a gilf? Ooh, that's a fair <laughs> question. I don't know if her daughter had kids. We never know and and it's never talked about. It. She says some things about falling in love over the years but that's all we have. She does talk about being heartbroken or being unlucky in love, I think. But still, like, mm-hmm. like we never learn anything about her daughter because it never says anything about her. Like, her daughter's life. Which, how how interesting of a life would that be where you're just like, yeah, my mom looks young this whole time. Thanks for bringing us that pizza with extra sausage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew a kid whose mom was, like, real hot. And, like, he didn't like that life. Yeah, Stacy's mom. Yeah. <laughs> She's got it going on. So as she's about to leave the party, this dude kind of hits on her and is like, uh, yeah, isn't there some sort of tradition where we're supposed to like, kiss a stranger? And she's like, yeah, I heard it from a young Bing Crosby type. Have a happy new year. I and mean, clearly she means Bing Crosby. Well, she even says a young Bing Crosby said that to me. A Bing Crosby type. Crosby type. Yeah. But also I'm like, just because you lived a long time doesn't mean you're Forrest Gump. Yeah, I hated this so much. Because it is like, oh, everything famous that happened in the past, I was there for. Yeah, I remember it. I have an encyclopedic memory of sports and batting stats. No, you fucking don't. Why would you? I don't even remember my locker combination from high school. And that was a thing unique to me. <laughs> <laughs> and mattered, right? Like, she remembers yeah. someone's batting average from, like, what, the 70s or something? Like, it was yeah. bonkers. It's because she has the sports almanac. <laughs> <laughs> Biff gave it to her. Mm-hmm. She yeah. had sex with Biff and his son. <laughs> and that's how Cobra Kai was made. <laughs> I realize it makes no sense. I stand by it. So this dude rushes to get into the elevator with her, which is terrifying. If somebody ran and forced their way into an elevator, I'd be like, take my wallet. I don't care. But no, he introduces himself. His name is Ellis. She introduces herself as Jenny. And he's like, oh, like the poem and recites some poem that nobody fucking knows. Which I- <laughs> they have... They have no chemistry. No chemistry. But I hate it when movies do this where they're like, yeah, just like this thing. And it's clearly a thing that's very important to the writer, like the screenwriter. But they're like, everybody knows this. I'm like, nobody fucking knows that. What are you talking about? Never heard I of it. I actually love this scene because it really does encapsulate what happens when a stranger hits on you in an elevator and how weird and awkward it is. Yeah. And like you're watching it and you're like, oh, this is. Ugh. It's not all Fifty Shades of Grey. No. <laughs> but they instantly have zero chemistry. Like when he introduces himself <laughs> as Ellis and she goes, like the island? And he goes, no. I was like, what? No, it is like the <laughs> island. What are you saying? You're an idiot. I hate this movie. Or just tell her what it was. Just be like, it's after my grandfather. Did you fuck him too? <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> I love how he's like really accusatory in that moment. Yeah, that's great. Oh, my God. Just open your legs for all of time. Um, <laughs> for all of my historical line. What'd you just use Ancestry.com instead of Tinder? <laughs> and the narrator comes on and be like, it's a, it's an Ellis family tradition that the first woman they sleep with is Adeline. No, no. Like his father before him and his father before him. As the sands of time drift through an hourglass, <laughs> so our semen drips through oh, that no, of no, Adeline. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. COVID page is real blue. I like it. 
Wow. These are the lays of our lives. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, they have no chemistry. She's going to go home. He's going to go to the apartment and... He fully stalks her. Like, he yeah. tries to stop the cab. We cut to the next day where she has uh, lunch with Fleming. And Fleming is like, hey, yo, I'm thinking of going to this assisted living facility because I know you don't understand. But, like... That's where you catch dick in later ages. <laughs> also, <laughs> I straight up old. Uh, I do this thing called aging. And I love that she's like, you're not listening to my lecture on sodium. And it's like, bitch, you can't age. Let me eat my salt. Yeah, I mean, that's not your secret to immortality, mom. <laughs> it's not the sodium, it's the lightning, mom. <laughs> Did you not hear the very condescending narrator, mom? They aren't going to know until 2035, mom, and I'll be dead by then, duh. I hate you. Go to my room. It's like you're really in shape, friend, being like, hey, have you tried like not eating a sandwich and maybe ordering a salad? Oh, I'm gonna order two sandwiches just to spite you. Yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is like every time I do Uber Eats at home. Ooh, yeah. Oh, same. I like that joke. If you're gonna make a guy come to your house, make it worth it. In all things. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey was talking about bringing food to you, but also, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I look ten years younger, and I'm gonna stay eating what I'm eating. And yeah. sodium is a hefty part of this diet. And eh, not that much, but you know, whatever. It is the secret, Mikey. It's, a secret. it's like beef jerky and hardtack in the Revolutionary War. I'm preserved for later usage. <laughs> Just like Adeline. Yeah. Okay, so I do not know if we're five minutes into this movie or an hour and a half into this movie, but we've got to continue on through it. We're half an hour into this movie. No, oh, I believe God. there's only like 30 minutes left because like if they go on like a date and then we're there where the dad finds out. No, 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 because I actually kept timestamps because the movie was paced so badly. Anyway, so we cut back to... To her job the next day and Mr. Jones is going to be donating $50,000 worth of books like first editions like expensive yeah. books like that $50,000 worth of first editions might be like seven books yeah and uh, he wants to deliver them himself because he has fully stalked her and knows where she works and we will find out later that he's on the board and he saw her come out of like a meeting or something like that Yeah when he was coming out of a meeting he saw her Like it turns out that we are not Witnessing the first stalking Right he has been stalking her For a while right for some time Yeah uh, and he wants To take a picture for receiving the books she doesn't Like having her photo taken and so he's like Well if you won't then you have to go out with me and I'm like This is workplace harassment It is and also he's like well if you Won't I won't donate the books You don't want that over your head do you I was like What the hell like he's this Worst. The worst. He's so mean, Paige. He's, he's like worst. a bad dude. He is a bad dude, but they do agree to go out, and he's like, I'll take you somewhere where you've never been. And she's just like, ha ha ha, I'm secretly old. I've been everywhere, and including your dad's dick. What? <laughs> <laughs> you don't think she would recognize his last name? I guess it's Jones. It's pretty common. It's Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. question whether, why she wouldn't recognize an astronomer. I'm like, that's a unique job, but then I guess he became an astronomer after well that's fair yeah yeah i mean who knows anyway so he takes her into a tunnel below the city where they see one of the gold rush boats beneath san francisco also never go in a tunnel under the city on a first date with some man you don't know oh yeah he gonna wear you like a coat yeah <laughs> weren't other people in the tunnel with him no they were stone ass cold alone. Yeah. No, there's one guy who lets them in. Oh, you mean his accomplice? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and 
AKA the bag man. Yes. Um, but also don't know if you know that boats under San Francisco is a real thing. I figured it was because it's in this movie, but also it's not that I don't care. It's that I hate this movie. So like, okay, cool. Thank you for showing me there are boats there, but like they're continuing this zero chemistry like thing where we are forced to watch two people fully not like each other, but the movie tell us they're going to get together. Well, it's not even like they have lines where they like each other. It's like joke that no one gets comment that no one gets maybe a compliment that no one likes. And then they're like, I kind of like you. Yeah. Well, in, in this part, he's talking about how he made all his money, which is basically like a data analytics app, like an algorithm. And he, sold it and then basically is using all of his millions to like donate and better the city. It is legit the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation type job, right? Like his yes. job became managing his wealth and being a <laughs> a philanthropist, which is hard for me to say because of it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but it is philanthropist. Yeah, full on rapist. Uh, so <laughs> my favorite is he rattles off this whole thing that he does and then he turns to her and she just says, oh, um, I own a dog. Yep. And then says nothing. And she's like, speaking of which, I should be getting back. And he's like, well, why don't we have lunch? And she's like, well, I only have an hour. And you spent 45 minutes of that showing me a boat in a tunnel. So I probably have to go back now hungry. I'm going to put my boat in your tunnel. Oh, Mikey, I'm not consenting to that. Okay. Do you like how I made it sound like you were trying to have sex with me? I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. I was talking to the listeners. Let's change the subject. If you're interested in all of the boats under San Francisco, uh, there's a really interesting documentary on the Discovery Channel about it, where as they earthquake retrofit the city, they have to keep removing all these boats. So it's like the whole coastline. It's really interesting. And then this movie, they just make it boring. I would fully like go on a tour of that, too. You usually can't because it's usually dangerous, but yeah. I mean, that's fair. But I I mean, I'd watch a documentary on it too. But amazingly, this movie makes even that boring. I honestly, at a certain point in this movie, I was like, man, I wish I was watching that boat documentary. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is objectively boring. (laughs) It is so boring. Anyway, so she tells him that she's moving as they kind of walk back to her work. And this is where he's going to tell his big old baseball joke that she knows baseball stats about and it's a terrible joke and essentially the joke of it is like a horse tries out for a baseball team although it's got way too many details for a joke but whatever right and the horse can hit the horse can catch and then they're like why don't you pitch and the horse is like you ever heard of a horse that can pitch and that's the joke which it's basically either You've accepted two absurd things. Why is the third one shocking to you? Or it's the idea of horseshoes and Mm -hmm. like if pitching in horseshoes and why would a a horse pitch its own shoe? Both ways, it's not a good joke. Yeah, either way, it's really dumb. I did not think she was going to laugh because I did not. I I literally sat there for a a whole minute and was like, so is it just because we established that a horse can can hit and field? Like, and I was like, that's it. That's the joke. This guy doesn't know what jokes is. Anyway. (laughs) I would not call him a funny person. No. No. And at this point, 35 minutes have elapsed and nothing has happened (laughs) in this movie. 35 (laughs) minutes of a two-hour film. Nothing has happened. So we see her go to the bank to essentially add her new identity as a signee. 
onto her account because she'll be traveling. Right. Uh, and she sees a picture on the wall, which I would imagine is that banker's father who was her stockbroker when she bought stock in Xerox. Yeah. That's the only time we ever address it, by the way. So we cut back to the house and we see that her dog is not really eating great. I hated this so much. Like in a movie I'm already bored of and hate. They put me through watching a dog die too. I hated it so much. Well, I'm pretty sure the dog just died of boredom from the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she gets the dog to eat and then she goes on her date. She goes on another date with Alice and they basically have conversation that makes no sense. He makes her hot dogs for dinner, which A plus. I thought they were like legit brats. Like they they did look good. Yeah. I always appreciate when a dude is like, let's go on a date for actual food. Like, none of this fancy bullshit. Like, let's go get burgers. I'm like, that's what I wanted to eat. Thank you. I once (laughs) legit dropped a whole meatball sub on the floor in front of a date. Did you cry? She was like, you know, five second rule. I'm sorry, you still ate it after it hit your floor? It was a full meatball sub that's like $25 on Uber Eats. Mikey, you have a dog. That floor is disgusting. Oh, she's not allowed out. She's in the laundry room or the outside. There's no inside dogs. Well, that's sad. (laughs) What's sadder is I almost lost a meatball sub. Mikey. I need a wellness check for your dog. Mikey, no, I'm worried about Macy. Mikey's like, yeah, but I'm worried about my home value. So, (laughs) and Mikey, as someone with two dogs and five cats, you should be. They've destroyed my new house. Macy's outside right now. And honestly, I've seen the videos you send. She's loving it. She's happy out there. So they do this toast based on a a saying that he heard in Italy, which is basically years, lovers, and glasses of wine. These are things that should never be counted. Well, he does that because she like tries to turn down another glass of wine. And he's like, no, you're staying the night. You may want to have another glass of wine. Because he's been stalking her and it's really creepy. Yeah, he's a creepy guy. They kiss and she says, tell me something I could hold on to forever and never let go. And he just says, let go. And then they bone, but we don't get to see it. He really blew it at that moment, like of saying something romantic. Like she was down to bone. She's down for pound town. And she's like, just tell me something really romantic. And he's like, let go no she doesn't even say romantic she just says something i can hold on to forever and never let go and then he repeats the last two words he heard yeah like an idiot he says let go (laughs) and then she's like okay that works (laughs) like what instead of being like invest in bitcoin like something worthwhile (laughs) plastics plastics so he just repeats the last two words he heard like an idiot they have sex and then that's the scene right so she wakes up the the next morning and they have this kind of like cute morning thing where she suddenly knows Portuguese. Oh, I thought you meant the cute morning thing was when like they just wake up and she's like, I have to get to work. And he's like holding the uh, sheets in such a way that she can't get out. Right. Because he's a creepy individual that should not be anywhere close to people. Yes. So don't do that. <laughs> Mikey's taking notes right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's creepy. My bad. OK. As she's taking a cab. Back to work, she passes an empty park bench in Golden Gate Park, and she flashes back and sees a guy sitting there on the bench with a ring box, and we see that she essentially changed her mind and stood somebody up. Yeah. And so she cries as they pass that bench. Now, we cut back to Chinatown, where she's reading the books that he gave her. She comes home, her phone is ringing, and her dog is, like, dying on the floor. Ugh, I hated this so much. But she doesn't care because she's an immortal who has emotionally detached herself from day-to-day society. She cares about those dogs, man. She has a whole, yeah. like, book with pictures of them. Like, she loves her, I but I think are King Cavalier Spaniels. I'm not sure, though. They they are Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. Yeah. Yes, this one is actually King Charles IV. 
fourth. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like the twelfth, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, his kidneys are failing, and what's really alarming is that the vet is like, she says, "If you were me, what would you do?" And he says, "I'd be thinking about what a wonderful life he's had and how lucky you were to find each other." And then it's like. She's going to put him down. It's super rough. She comes home without the dog. She like puts his picture in a like photo album of a bunch of other dogs. It's like so sad. It is. And then puts them and the books that Ellis gave her into like a chest. And at this point, by the way, from the last timestamp I updated you with, it is now 50 minutes into this movie. Oh, man. 25 minutes have passed and nothing has happened. Uh, So Ellis runs into her on the street because he's a fucking stalker. And she rightfully is like, yo, there's a reason I don't give out my address. I had a fucking rough day. Why didn't you let me respond to your calls, you fucking creep? Yeah. So. Which is how she should react. Like, I fully loved her reaction then. Me too. Because that's how you handle a very possessive stalker person. So we cut to her daughter's house where she and her daughters are looking at or she and her daughter are looking at old albums and she at one point just kind of turns to her daughter and says like I'm just thinking about what a wonderful life you've had and I'm like oh my god like the dog (laughs) I fully expected her to take her daughter somewhere and have her put down I mean (laughs) I think this was her reconciling with the fact that her daughter will die someday it's Fucking nuts. Anyway. No parent should have to bury their kid. This is why you don't want to be immortal. You have to bury everyone you love. Anyway, so she tells her about Ellis and her daughter's like, well, if you love him, go get him. So she goes to his apartment and there's like a door guy at the bottom who like controls who goes up and down this weird freight elevator. Yeah. And she, instead of just being like, it's me, Jennifer, she gives him this long, crazy message and it's been one date. Like it's been one visit a boat and then one make sausages at your house. It's been two dates and they've had sex once. Yeah. Like, right. But Paige, you're right. It's, it's like they dated for two years. They broke up because something tragic happened. And then she's like, oh, I messed up. I want you back. It's like that level of like admission of guilt and apology and begging for like reconciliation. But it's like they're th- like this would be their third date. You both need to take a step back. This is a woman <laughs> who got engaged after 86 days. 87 days and they got engaged before they got married on the 87th day from when they met yeah yeah but that was also in the 30s back then the implication of the sex you know what i'm saying oh i mean honestly mikey she was probably 24 when she met her first husband and at that point she was probably considered a spinster yeah she had to lock him down because the 30s were a dark gross place because that's when your titties start to turn is that is that when it happens no, everyone's body's different. I don't know. You said it to me. I, you said that like I said it. <laughs> you sound like the narrator, Todd. What? No. I literally <laughs> just asked to have responded to what page said. I had no idea. And that's mm-hmm. when the nipples got larger than they were previously and gravity <laughs> took its dark toll. Anyway, she takes him into this like inside drive-in theater that has fake starlight and everything above it. I looked to see if this was a real thing and I didn't find any indication that this is a real thing so this might be a made up very stupid thing that checks out like the rest of the movie yeah this whole movie is a made up stupid thing Uh, (laughs) so they have some real weird conversation that doesn't endear you to either of them in in this scene and then no and he invites her to his parents 40 year anniversary 
And at this point in my notes, I'm like, this is so risky. <laughs> Why would she ever do this? She knows people in that age group. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, what are the odds that she's encountered them? Like, I don't know. The odds are more than zero. Yeah, so we cut to her driving. I don't know why he has her driving his car. Because a woman can do anything a man can do, Paige. Um, her driving track record is not great. If you'll recall, the last time she drove, she crashed the car into the lake, got struck by lightning, and then bent time. I mean, listen, we see her drive three times yeah. in this movie. She crashes two of those times. Two so out she of three. has a success rate of 33%. I don't know this, but when she gets in her car, she has the blow to the blethorizer into her flux capacitor. <laughs> Are you drunk time traveling again? <laughs> so they encounter his sister along the way and pick her up to take her the rest of the way to his parents house and we find out that his sister stopped using phones two months ago to protest telecom firms funding high-tech weapons yeah it's it's the most random aside ever where you're just like am i supposed to store this information somewhere is this useful later nope. no what no. they wanted to do was set up a stupid joke about oh she went to berkeley like so who cares? Yeah. I have a major question because this whole time they're like, oh, look who's finally here. Blah, 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 blah about the son and the girlfriend. But who's going to talk about the fact that their daughter has been hitchhiking? And like, why is no one worried about this? Well, I mean, she was walking from the bus station to their house. A long way. Yeah, which is also insane. Why not get a cab at the bus station? Why not tell your parents? This is 2014. Like. They didn't care about their daughter to pick her up. They didn't even worry that no one picked her up at the bus station. There's an obvious favorite. Their dad likes him so much better, he gives her his ex-girlfriend. Oh, my God. Can I just say that I'm equally alarmed at the fact that the little sister gets into the backseat of the car and is just like, have you done him yet? Yeah. And then, thankfully, Adeline is just like, yeah, 10 minutes ago, right where you're sitting. Perfect answer. Yeah, it was very funny. I, at no point, as a sibling, want to be like, Oh, so are you fucking? Tell me about the fucking. Like, I don't need to know. Yeah, so like when you meet your uh, sister's boyfriends, is that like your first question? No. It's just part of those things you just assume. It's like when someone tells me they're trying for a baby. It's just, to me, the words are, someone is coming inside me over and over and <laughs> over again. Oh. Oh, Mikey. But it's the same. <laughs> it's the same phrase. Okay, okay, okay. But you don't okay. say that. It's just implied. I know, but I just had a mental picture of, for example, a couple that didn't know what having a baby entails, and so they were trying all kinds of different things, and I just picture them playing wiffle ball across the bedroom. <laughs> Are you pregnant yet? I feel a little pregnant. <laughs> Pass me that shuttlecock. <laughs> what you need is a bathtub, a toaster. And <laughs> some lightning. And a bunch of ice. No, Paige, the toaster is the lightning. Yeah. You're the lightning. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I guess. And salt. <laughs> Season to taste. Oh, God. Sorry. Anyway, so we, we get to their house and I realized Harrison Ford is in this because I didn't look up anything about this movie ahead of time. <laughs> Harrison That's Ford is in this page and he wants you to have sex with his son. Oh, so gross. Uh, anyway, so they get into the house and he recognizes her like immediately. And she's yeah. like, uh, no, that was my mom. <laughs> and why would you say that was my mom? Why wouldn't you be like, that's crazy. I must have one of those yes. faces. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Don't he, say well, it's your mom. 
no, here's the thing. Having it be your mom is the perfect scapegoat because then she could say that she died, which she does. And that's what's crazy about the rest of these exchanges because she could have just let her be dead. And like, it's still weird that your father-in-law fucked your mom, I guess. But like, it's not as weird as you fucking your father-in-law, which is the knowledge that everyone has at the end of this movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. not the son. He does not consent to the relationship. Well, I guess he does by the end. No, they're, aren't they getting married at it? Yes. I could not work through that. Oh, no. No amount of therapy would help no. me. I legit had a conversation with Natalie where I was like, if I had had sex with any one of your family members, any of them, not just like her mom, any of them. Just like, another casual conversation with Todd and Natalie. Yeah, guys, we are at that point in our relationship. We've been together almost three years. It's a tradition. It's a tradition. <laughs> <laughs> we are to the all important. If you had sex with my mom, would you also want to have sex with me? And the answer is no. I, yeah, I can't. I just, in my notes, I just have like, what is Christmas like? <laughs> what, what about Thanksgiving? What are you thankful for? Your wife's sweet pussy. <laughs> like, <what> is- <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> wow. COVID page is blue as fuck and I'm here for it. But no, it is insane. Like, I guess this is for Christmas. Like, they put their keys in a bowl and just go to town. Oh, my God. (laughs) If he didn't have such an emotional connection with her, it would be less creepy. But since he gets really creepy really quick, there's just no coming back. Oh, yeah. He's like, your mom was a very good wanky blanky friend of mine. Well, she's the one who got away. She is the one who got away. Yeah. Yeah. Except it's her, not anyway. So like, (laughs) (laughs) his dad sees it and I'm like, no. So we cut to later that night, Harrison Ford is having a flashback about the time they first met. And then we get exposition again. So we get more narration that basically just like narrates their whole thing of like they met in London. Then she comes back to meet his parents. Her car broke down and the narration was all like, and then Harrison Ford got busy pushing so she could get busy driving. (laughs) That guy did look pretty Harrison Ford like yeah I feel like he was the best actor in the entire yes yes actually Harrison Ford does a great job in this too which is nuts because of what he's asked to do like I did believe like he was feeling those feelings but like when you watch Blake Lively like I just feel like she memorized her line do you see like the difference there like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, because she was speaking in that accent she probably had to concentrate on that the whole time (laughs) so anyway the next morning he apologizes to Ellis where he's like hey I'm sorry if I embarrassed you I just didn't expect it you know all these memories came up I didn't expect yeah Um, and so they're all talking uh, and he, they end up talking about her mom again and his wife gets super jealous and all I keep thinking is like she's dead like as far as you know yeah. I know she's not really but as far as you know she's a dead woman there's no reason to be jealous of her you've been married to this dude for 40 years almost 40 years yeah that bitch in the ground you ain't got nothing to worry about except yeah. he never told his wife that this woman existed so what Do you tell, I mean, this was clearly at least a number of years before he met her. Yeah, but that usually comes up of like, oh, I was almost engaged. I guess. I mean, I I didn't review every single date I ever went on with my husband. This is not every single date, though. He bought her a ring. They were in a sexual relationship. Like, I don't think you even have to disclose all your sexual relationships with your other. She left him. She left him in a park. 
He got emotionally damaged from this woman. I mean, I yeah, definitely I guess. would tell Natalie about that. Like, Natalie knows all about my like significant exes. Yeah, like I'm not going around telling people about the nurse, but I'm like, but things that are like important, I will say. But Mikey, I'm going around telling people about the nurse because that story is amazing. That story is fucking hilarious. People yeah. I date listen to the podcast, and then they're like, "What's up with the nurse?" And then I have to tell the story on a date. <laughs> Over and over again, like I'm some in some sort of time warp. Well, Mikey, if you ever need to know what she's doing, I still follow the nurse on Instagram. Yeah, I, I, again, stop following people I'm with on Instagram. I am only following her because after you guys went on a few dates and her dog chewed up your shoes and you did not talk to her again, I took you to the hospital because you were very sick and she was your nurse. And took good care of you, and you. She did not take good care of me. She switched us out for another nurse because <laughs> she was going to murder me. <laughs> anyway, I respect that, so I follow her on Instagram. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so I've had like four random friends follow who I'm dating on Instagram who have not met her. Todd being one of. Well, he met her now. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's weird to be jealous of a dead person, even if you didn't know about them before. Who gives a shit? They're dead. I also do agree with that, though, Paige. Like, it was forever ago. It's over 40 years ago. It's probably more like 45 years ago. It's a long time ago. He's been married to you, I'm assuming, faithfully. So, like, stop worrying about a dead woman. You guys are idiots. What, that's how they get you. What you don't know is that people live forever. And she's right there in the house. She's in the house with them. Oh, my God. Anyway. They even have the same mole. What? Oh, Scar. It was Scar. Sorry. It was a Scar. Scar, be prepared for the incest that's going to happen later in this movie. Uh, so we cut to them playing Trivial Pursuit. And this is when they have to explain Trivial Pursuit to a woman who's been alive for the entirety of Trivial Pursuits. Yeah. And she like sweeps the game. She knows every single answer. I mean, some of them were easy. Like the what country offered their presidentship to uh, right. Albert Einstein. That was easy. Like the one that was super difficult was the hula hoop one. Like who the knows that? The hula hoop that? one was tough. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Carter, first president born in a hospital, like all that kind of stuff. And she basically beats Harrison Ford's winning streak and she goes out into the garden. Oh, shit, Paige. We didn't talk about the fact that Bobo Eric Bana, the Ellis, like the island. Yes. Not like the island, though, Mikey. Ellis, <laughs> his dad, Harrison Ford, is an astronomer, right? And he named oh, right. a comet, right? After yeah. their quote unquote oh, yeah. aunt. But it's actually the name that she went by in the 60s right. when she was stone cold boning Harrison Ford's character. But also keep in mind, he found that comet and then tried to predict when it would return and all of his math was wrong. Yeah. So he's not a great he's astronomer. Not a great, but also all of her behavior is explained because Mercury is in Gatorade. As Paige says. What's this Gatorade you're talking about? It sounds delicious. What I think is nuts is at the end of this movie, the wife knows that Blake Lively is the name of the comet. So, like, she knows that. Uh, how would, How is she okay with any of the things that are happening in her life? How is anyone okay with this, Todd? Because, okay, so, so she goes outside to get some air. Harrison Ford's out there and she literally is like why'd you name your comet after my mother and he basically tells her like she's the one who got away near miss yeah near miss as she turns to walk back into the house she's like 
she loved you too. And all I wanted was for him to be like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, that is like what a good writer would do with this movie because that would make sense. It would be a very cute nod to Star Wars, but that's not what happens. Right. So we cut to, she's back in the house. She puts on a fancy nightgown and then a sweater and then gets into bed with Ellis, who then basically tells her that he can't imagine his life without her and he's in love with her. But it's literally like their third date. Like, I know they spent like two days together, but let's call this fourth date max. And it has taken one hour and 20 minutes to get to their fourth date. Yeah. And yeah, I don't feel like that's a great sign. I mean, I've been on some long dates. Like my second date with a girl was literally a weekend at the beach. So like right. I've made oh, terrible wow. decisions. Way to way to pull on Adeline. <laughs> but I never had sex with her mom and loser. We had <laughs> we had been on two dates. Nobody said they loved each other on those dates. Like it's too soon to be talking about love. So We cut to the next day and she is going for a walk and is probably going to leave. Uh, It it seems that way. Yeah. And she's got a ladybug in her hair and Harrison Ford tries to pull it out. And as she raises her hand, he sees that there's a scar on her hand. And we get a flashback to her cutting her hand on a hike and him stitching it shut in the woods. Yeah. Which is crazy. And at this point, she goes on a walk and he chases her. He like goes to a shed to find that photo of her hand being bandaged or whatever. Yeah. It was on that same trip it happened. And he was pre-med. So he probably did learn how to stitch things up. Like that didn't bother me like a whole lot. But like still, like this whole turn of events and then him seeing that scar and then thinking that because of that scar, she's immortal. Like, what? First off, he's lying. He's lying. He did not quit med school. He got thrown out because those stitches must have been terrible. Did you guys see that scar? Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it was the 60s. Now, also, I would like you to know that at this point in the movie, there is still somehow a half hour left. I can't believe where this goes from here. I was just like, <laughs> what more could happen in this movie so he chases her down he grabs her hand he confronts her about the scar and he's like i stitched it myself where (laughs) where are the plans uh it's kind of like the fugitive where he's just like monologuing who killed my wife (laughs) yeah yeah it wasn't me it was the one-armed man i didn't (laughs) say it mikey I can't. I fucked your son. And he's like, I don't care. (laughs) This movie is objectively, I think, maybe the worst movie we've done. It is by far the worst movie we've ever done. I'll talk about that in final thoughts. It's pretty bad. Like, all we need is the end of the movie that the narrator start talking and the comments coming and it zooms out and it's the Twin Towers being hit by that Holy shit, yes. But she basically is like, I disappeared because I didn't want them to hunt me down and make me a specimen, which again is weird. Um, But then she's like, if I would have told anyone, it would have been Ellis. And he's like, so please stay for him. Like, don't run away. Please stay. Yeah. She goes in the house. Okay, time out. I got to I gotta unpack this. So objectively, okay, let's say this is a good movie and these people make realistic choices. I would not want my son to be with her because she's not going to grow old and he's going to like be unhappy and she's going to leave him way before they should. Like, they're not going to grow old together. Like, this is just not the woman for him. And I fucked her. So like... <laughs> I do think that's the bigger issue. She doesn't grow old so he's going to die alone she's going to leave him 
and I fucked her. <laughs> that's the bigger, that's A for me is the fucking. Yeah, same. So she packs, she leaves a note for Alice. She runs out, she grabs the car, steals Ellis's car. And at this point, again, there's 20 minutes left in this movie. And I'm like, how is there this much left? Like, what could we have to talk about? So Ellis gets out of the shower, notices the stuff is gone, chases after his dad for the keys. And his dad is like, she's just not capable of change. Doesn't tell him any other information and then gives him the keys just because Ellis is like, nothing makes sense without her. And I'm just like, no, nothing makes sense with her. The, like, no, It does not make sense to have in a same family be like, well, I fucked the dad and the son. And also, I never grow old. And thank you for this pizza with extra sausage. <laughs> it's crazy. So he goes after her. She's driving. It's raining. Paige, I have a question for you. Based on that last joke, though, if Harrison Ford was Ellis's stepdad, is that okay? No. Well, <laughs> it's it's more okay. I'm thinking like Pornhub rules. The, the problem for me is family events in which in close proximity, multiple people have shared sexual partners and not in like an established polyamory way. <laughs> like, right. like a we didn't know and this is an odd episode of Maury and we've got the test results right here. <laughs> like, it's... I. The only time this should happen is when Steve Wilkos is there to break up the fights. Are you saying that <laughs> lightning shouldn't strike twice? Yes. <laughs> you know what? It does strike twice in this family and also makes her immortal and then makes her mortal again. The part of the movie that I wanted to see the most happened off screen where they tell the son that she had sex with the dad when they tell the wife that he had sex with his girlfriend, and when they tell the sister, who's not related to anything, that all of that has happened, and the sister's like, going back to Berkeley. (laughs) (laughs) I'm walking back to the bus station. I'm going to hitchhike home because this is bonkers. Yeah, Y'all thought I was liberal. Damn. Um... (laughs) Call me when you figure out the calculations on that comet, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) So she's driving the car. She stops. She calls Fleming, her daughter, And is like, no more running. I'll call you tomorrow. I love you. And then she turns around. The implication being that she's going to turn around and drive back. Uh, But too late, she gets hit by a tow truck. And in my notes, I'm like, oh, convenient. But then the tow truck just hit and runs. Yeah, it just bails. Yeah. Just completely (laughs) bails. She's thrown from the car. And then the narrator's back to give us some fucking weird ass lecture about the fucking moon. I call this reverse (laughs) position instead of exposition because it literally undoes the exposition of her turning immortal. Right. So essentially she dies of hypothermia in next to no no snow in conditions that are not that cold. Yeah. Her body gets to 87 degrees. Yeah. And then the paramedics come and shock her back to life. And that restarts her midi-chlorians or whatever the fuck. And she she becomes mortal again. And she's the one who's going to bring balance to the force by fucking the father and the son. I wonder if she gives birth to Kylo Ben or whatever that guy's name was. (laughs) Turns out it gave birth to this pizza with extra sausage. (laughs) I've come to clear your pipes. <laughs> so I like how that was vaguely Russian, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's it's the uh, always sunny. The I'm a Swedish plumber. I've come to clear your pipe. <laughs> so they go to the hospital where I assume somebody eventually finds out that her identity is fake, but no one ever addresses no. it. 
Of course not. They call Fleming, who comes in and is like, I'm Jenny's grandmother. And they're like, we all know about the dad fucking. And she's like, oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) No, she reacts like it's a good thing, which I guess the story arc is it's a good thing, though, right? Because she's like, oh, you're going to settle down with someone who's going to eventually die on you. Except that Ellis is like, to make this even, I have to fuck your daughter who's also older than you. But anyway, so they all like laugh and cry about it. We cut to Kathy and William. So his parents anniversary party. Yeah. Harrison Ford and his wife. Yeah. Then one year later, Fleming has a new puppy, which I'm guessing is actually Adeline's puppy. Uh, But Adeline's still in her apartment instead of the ranch up in Oregon. Yeah. And she and Ellis are going out for New Year's Eve and she now takes photos and embraces it. And she goes to look in the mirror and stops because she finds a gray hair, which means that she can finally age through the power of car accidents. (laughs) Speaking as someone who uh, has been in a few of those, that's not how it works. No, uh, but we still get another science lecture before the end of this movie. And it tells us that that comet came back for no good goddamn reason. Well, they hit the Twin Towers page. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the movie. movie. I'm sorry. (laughs) So I've seen this movie and we talked about this movie. What did you guys think about the age of Adeline? Um, oh. it's terrible. It is very bad. <laughs> it makes the Blake House look good. <laughs> Welcome to the Blake House. I guarantee you this was written by a man. I don't know that for sure. I would be shocked if this was written by a woman. That's who the narrator is. <laughs> it just, it's so like casually misogynistic and it's just terrible. There's no way this was written by a woman. It's not. It's it's written by a man. Yeah. Um, a man who is sexually aroused by car accidents and lightning I would assume. I mean that's just most <laughs> men honestly. God Lightning McQueen <laughs> must be his like <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god I just looked it up the guy who wrote this also wrote Maverick Oh no he was additional crew on Maverick. Never mind That yeah, no, makes sense <laughs> He's just mad because Mel Gibson probably had sex with his mother the implications of time travel that we have established on this show are maddening (laughs) so so this is almost as upsetting if not more upsetting than time traveler's wife they're both upsetting in their own way (laughs) yeah they are because like at the wedding because she doesn't have any parents left it's like who gives this woman the guy who already bumped uglies with it like what is gonna happen i wanted the scene of Harrison Ford walking her down the aisle and oh. handing her off to Ellis, the island. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's so upsetting. It's so upsetting. I don't like it at all. No, I hated this movie. I honestly don't feel like anyone should watch this movie. Just listen to the episode on it. You're fine. Because the movie is two hours of terrible. It's it has bad. a 7.2 out of 10 what? on IMDb. And no. it made me so mad. Why? I don't know. I guess a lot of people want to share dates with their parents, I guess. Oh, wow. That's bonkers. So, uh, Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. So I did some complicated math. Nice. Um, I like complicated math. Lofts in San Francisco. So his unfinished loft starts at about $4,000 a month. Unfinished. Uh, Her apartment starts at about three dollars in today's money. But let's say that she rented it back 
in the 1960s, give or take, as the movie posits, and that she's been paying rent there ever since, which it is kind of impossible because she moves around a lot, allegedly, according to the movie. Every 10 years, it says. Every 10 years. But let's say that she maintains that apartment. In 1965, apartments in San Francisco went from $100 to $300 per month. Accounting for inflation, that's about $700 to $2,000 in today's money. However... In 1979, San Francisco introduced their housing ordinance, including rent control. And at the time, the average rent in San Francisco was $300 to $500 per month, meaning that if she maintained her apartment and it was eligible for controlled rent increases for which the maximum increase per annum is 3%, her rent in 2021 would be $1,038.21 to $1,730.35, which is still 50% less than the likely cost of her apartment at current prices. Well, that's because real estate in San Francisco is insane. Yeah, I mean, she'd need that Xerox stock, is all I'm saying. Yeah, she's filthy rich in this movie. They just never talk about it. Yeah, That's how she can get a man who's literally a fifth her age. Right, right. (laughs) When this movie came out, people thought that Harrison Ford had dubbed the voice of his younger self. They did? Because it sounds so much like him. It does sound like him. It sounds like he's doing an impression of Harrison Ford. Yes, that's what I thought. But actually, they found... Anthony Ingruber, who is the guy who plays young Harrison Ford in this movie, and he specifically did Harrison Ford impressions on YouTube. And so they sent him an email inviting him to try out for the role. And that's how he got the job. That's amazing. Right? Good for him. That's pretty cool. I know. I was like, good for you. I'm sad it's this movie, but you know, whatever. I mean, but that's great for him. He has this very specific set of skill. Right. (laughs) Adeline's birthday on the fake ID she picks up is actually the same birthday as Blake Lively herself, just one year off. Uh, It's 1986 in the film, but she was actually born in 1987 in real life. Okay. Natalie Portman turned down the role, but also Catherine Heigl was originally cast in this movie with Angela Lansbury cast as Fleming. I want to see this movie. Wow. I would have watched the fuck out of that. Now, here's what I'll say. I'll take Blake Lively and Angela Lansbury. Yeah. Because Catherine Heigl, no thanks. But honestly, I feel like the the woman who plays the daughter in this movie did a great job, but it's Angela Lansbury, man. You gotta watch yeah. that. She's like an icon. Ellen Burstyn plays the daughter, and she does a great job. Yeah. Cannot deny it. But Angela Lansbury would be amazing. Um, so the original screenplay featured New York as the setting for the film, but they changed the location to San Francisco because they thought it had a more appropriate ambiance. However, because they didn't know a lot about San Francisco, that's why everybody takes cabs. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> like, that's why as someone who grew up close by, I'm like, why the fuck are these people? Like, they're going broke on cabs. Um, anyway, uh, the poem that he references is Jenny Kissed Me, and it's a poem by Lee Hunt. And I'm like, what an obscure reference. Why? Oh, man. Yeah. That's the author's favorite poem or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. A fragment of a song by Lana Del Rey appears in the trailer, but the track never appears in the film or on the soundtrack and actually never gets released. It's a mystery song. Really? Interesting. Yeah. 
That's wild. Adeline's ringtone on her cell phone is an old-timey telephone, which I hated through the whole movie. Yeah. They started developing this movie after the movie Amelie came out. The screenwriter was obsessed with the movie Amelie and tried to base this very much on Amelie. Oh my God. This is so terrible compared to that. I haven't seen Amelie, so I don't know, but I can't imagine it's any worse than this. Oh, no. Yeah, obviously not. Um, and worked on it from essentially the release of Amelie till 2009. And at 2009, it entered the studio system and went through development hell where it went through extensive rewrites. And from 2010 to 2013, the studio announced new directors for the film each year. Wow. Yeah. Finally settling on Lee Tolan Krieger. And final... Last fun fact, this is the second film in which Harrison Ford engages in a father-son shared love interest relationship. What? The first one being Indiana Jones and the Last Ah, Crusade. Oh, the German woman, right? Elsa, yes. I didn't realize he had this very specific kink, but okay. And he's had it from both sides. Yeah. Okay. You'll say go between them. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Okay. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you so much for those fun facts. Let's talk some box office. So what do you think the budget for the age of Adeline was? It's expensive. This is an expensive movie. It's, it's got Harrison Ford in it. I'm going to say 35. I'm going to say 40. Okay. The production budget was actually 30 million. So it is expensive, but a little bit cheaper than you guys thought it would be it came out on august 24th 2015 and was number third at the box office it was beat by furious seven paul blart mall cop 2 of course (laughs) of course it was third number four was home and then number five was unfriended so what do you think it made in its first weekend out and again it was third at the box office that weekend 17 million I'm going to say 10 million. Okay. So it made 13.2 million in its first weekend out. It was third in the box office for three weeks. So, with that knowledge, what do you think it went on to make in its domestic box office performance? 33 million. Yeah, that sounds about right. I'm going to go a little higher and say 35. Okay. So it made $42.6 million in its domestic box office run and then made another $26.3 million in its international. So that puts the total almost at $69 million. It was $68.9 million. And then... It made another $11.9 million in the home market. So this movie made money, and that is infuriating to me. That is infuriating. I mean, that's like, what, $82 million right right thereabouts on a $30 million budget? Right. So this movie made pretty decent money. Do you think they're still together? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think so. Definitely. Mikey, you do? I think if you can get over your girlfriend having sex with your father, you're going to make it. (laughs) <laughs> I think they get to one Christmas having to discuss it and then they're like, oh no, this is a horrible idea. Yeah, I need to go home immediately. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I don't think they make it. All right. So this week, Mikey, you made us watch The Age of Adeline. Paige, what are you making us watch next week? So this is a future Todd breaking into this podcast that you're listening to because we had originally planned to do a movie but then for whatever reason we couldn't do that movie so we changed it up. In fact, Paige texted me this morning with her pick for next week, and that pick is the 2000 American teen rom-com starring Shane West and James Franco. That's right. 
next week, we're going to be doing whatever it takes. So your homework for next week is to breathe a sigh of relief that Y2K never happened and then watch the 2000 teen comedy, Whatever It Takes. Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Oh. Well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review on the podcast and that is simply to leave us a five-star text review. And like we always do, we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, who's you going to read this week? We got a bunch of... Okay. I'm going to read Ishala. Oh, yeah? So what does Ishala have to say? Found this pod via Horror Virgin. Oh, Here for Page is the title. Oh, okay. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Found this pod via Horror Virgin, which... I found through Colt Podcast. Basically, I'm a big fan of Paige saying actually and then dropping some well-researched knowledge on me. <laughs> that does seem to be how it goes, yeah. For for all three shows, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> this and Horror Version are the only non-true crime podcasts I listen to. Oh, I thank you so much. But I could oh. listen to these three review movies all day. Aww. Often do. Oh, nice. Starry heart emoji, starry heart emoji. And all night. What? Lady. Well, thank you so yeah. much, Ashala, for that amazing five-star review. And if you want to have us read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review so that we can have Mikey do what he do. Yay. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's it. it's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show SHO like showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, pages at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I am Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Toodle pip. A horse can't pitch. (laughs) I hate you, Mikey. I hate you as much (laughs) as I hate this movie. (laughs) Paige, I'm super impressed you made it all the way to the end, feeling the way you do. You're a stormtrooper. You're You're amazing. (laughs) Barely. (laughs) 